Welcome to Sideboob Cinema, everybody, your podcast within a podcast. I'm Jonathan Astro. With me is Ricky Allpike and AJ. Yay! AJ, you're back. I'm back. I'm back and I'm ready. Back in the habit. Now, did you... Uh, Sheila filled in last week. Um, she was... Uh, I, I Look, she's, to be honest, she's on the line uh, now, as, as she always is. Not, not to show you all behind the curtain, but... Uh, Hello. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> jumped in early, Sheila. Uh, now... Let's. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but Friday the 13th Part 1 and 2 weren't your favourite films. They sucked the fat one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Sheila will be throwing in her two cents every now and then, I'm sure. Uh, today we're covering Friday the 13th um, Part 3 and Friday the 13th The Final Chapter, which is the fourth part, if you didn't get that. So, um, does any firstly, uh, well, AJ, did you did you catch up or did you jump straight in on three? I jumped straight in on three. Great, that's that's exactly what I how it, that's what it deserves. And it kind of felt like I was really jumping in because the third one starts off strangely. Yes, well, the, it's actually you and I have shared ex- an experience here because this was the first one I ever saw, and um, so I didn't really know there was any other ones. You know, because when you're a kid, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> what, you, did, you didn't read the part three on the on the uh, VHS box. What don't you get? Kids are fucking idiots. Heard <laughs> <laughs> it here first. So anyway, uh, I watched this one. It was terrifying, and um, yeah, just scared the pants off me from from the get go. I had it on v- VHS, and that made it even more dangerous. Like illicitly recorded, middle of the night, that sort of business. You know, Ooh. you know the score. <laughs> All right, well, enough fucking about. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3 in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. Stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part three in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday, the 13th, part three in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. Count on it.
Ricky, what happened in this movie? All right, after a characteristic recap of the previous film and a sexy disco-inspired opening title theme, a badly injured and unmasked Jason Voorhees goes to a lakefront store for a change of clothes. While there, he murders the store owner Harold and his wife Edna. Meanwhile, Chris Higgins and her friends travel to Higgins Haven, her old home on Crystal Lake, to spend the weekend. The gang includes a pregnant Debbie, her boyfriend Andy, prankster Shelley, his blind date Vera, who does not reciprocate his feelings, and uh, the two stoners Chuck and Chili. Uh, after running into a man named Abel, who warns them to turn back, the gang meets uh, Chris's boyfriend Rick at their destination. At a convenience store, Shelley and Vera get into a confrontation with bikers, Ali, Fox and Loco. Uh, Shelley gets in the car and knocks down their motorcycles, impressing Vera. Later, the bikers show up at Higgins Haven where they take the gas out of the van and attempt to burn the barn down to get even. Jason, who's been hiding in the barn, murders Fox and Loco with a pitchfork before beating Ali unconscious. Uh, that night, Chris and Rick head out into the woods, where Chris reveals that she was attacked by a deformed man two years prior, which prompted her to leave Crystal Lake in the first place. The main reason she returned was to confront her fears and escape the trauma. Back at Higgins Haven, Shelley scares Vera with a hockey mask and then wanders into the barn, where Jason slashes his throat. Taking his mask to conceal his face, Jason emerges from the barn and the carnage really begins. One by one, the young and horny adolescents get bumped off in increasingly gruesome ways. Vera gets a spear gun shot to the eye. A handstanding Andy is bisected with a machete. A hammock resting Debbie gets a knife thrust into her chest from beneath. Chuck gets electrocuted after being hurled into a fuse box. And Chili is impaled with a hot fire poker. Chris and Rick attempt to drive home from the woods, but find their car has died and are forced to walk back. They return to the house to find it in disarray. Rick then steps outside to search the grounds, but Jason grabs him and crushes his skull with his bare hands, making one of his eyes pop out of its socket. Jason then attacks Chris, who narrowly escapes the house and tries to flee in her van. The van runs out of gas because the bikers uh, stole that gas. Uh, and Chris makes her way to the barn to hide. But Jason attacks her again. Inside the barn, Chris strikes Jason over the head with a shovel and hangs him. He regains consciousness and temporarily removes his mask in order to get free from the noose, which causes Chris to recognise him as the same man who attacked her two years prior. A still-living Ali, that's one of the uh, bikers that tried to burn down the barn, tries to attack Jason, but he quickly finishes him off. Uh, the distraction allows Chris to strike Jason in the head with an axe. He staggers momentarily towards her before finally collapsing. Exhausted, Chris pushes a canoe out into the lake and falls asleep. Uh, she then has a nightmare of an unmasked Jason running towards her from the house before disappearing, which then turns into the decomposing body of Pamela Voorhees, with her head attached, emerging from the lake to pull her in. The following morning, the police arrive and escort a traumatised Chris away from Higgins Haven. Jason's body is shown to still be lying in the barn as the lake is shown at peace. What did you guys think of part three? Well, yeah, I, I need to get your guys' perspective because I'm presuming, presumably you guys have seen this for the first time. Mm -hmm. So what what the hell did you make of <laughs> it? <laughs> AJ. Well, I think part four was better. Yes. But part three, yeah. Shelley was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he was the worst. Shelley was the worst. I hated him. 
I hated him so much. <laughs> my note says, my note says, Shelly is the worst guy ever. <laughs> and then I've said, he looks smelly. Um, yeah. He looks like oh. a smelly loser. As if he's going to, and she was hot, as if they were good. That was going to happen. Uh, do you know? I had that thought this morning. I'm outraged. Like, like I know you know how some chicks get outraged, and it's you know you're like, oh come on. No, this is one of those chances. This is one of those times in your life where you say, no, 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 Vera, you're absolutely right. He, Definitely. It's an outrage that he even well should even be near you. You know what I mean? Like you're hot, um, and you know he's disgusting, and um, you know what, my- he can juggle. That, that was his. Well, you know what his problem is? Like, it's it's a lot, right? Um, I mean, he's annoying, which is the worst part. But, you know, since we, we like to body shame on this show a lot, um, <laughs> um, I would just say, no, look, when you're a fat guy, there's cool fat. Like, Ethan Suplee in Morats, that's cool fat, right? That's when you're, like, so fat that it is, it's, it's more than a lifestyle. <laughs> you're, you're a lifer, you know what I mean? Even though he's ripped up now. But um, so when you want that type of fat, Chris Farley fat, it's it's different. This guy's got the worst kind of like male, like feminine hip fat. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it's Melbourne chic. It should just be called the Melbourne body. <laughs> Is he like a la femme trapped in a in oh. a plump body? Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. Like just the worst. <laughs> like and he looks. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I fear I. My greatest fear is that I might have been a bit of a Shelley in growing no. up. No, Shelley's just not bringing anything to the table. Yeah, you're right. Like he's not funny. Those jokes, like him scaring he's, people, he's, stupid. Yeah, he's a practical joker, but yeah, his, who likes the practical that guy? Sucks. No one. Nobody. All right. All right. Yeah. So Shelley sucks. Apparently, he was uh, like picked off a street corner. Like, like mm. he said it was a real, real. Oh no, I, I brought trivia forward, haven't I? <laughs> you have brought trivia, <laughs> trivia forward. Corner. But that's fine. Trivia <laughs> can weave its way how it likes. <laughs> I, I know. I, I feel. I can. I, I said it, and I and I heard the click of the landmine. <laughs> and I went, oh, no, trivia corner. Ruined it again. No, he was he was discovered on the street corner handing out flyers for. Probably some god awful, I don't know, off, 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 off Broadway show where he juggles or something. <laughs> but he, yeah. Anyway, I think on the I watched a documentary about it and the whole thing, and um, he's he's sort of coming to his own in middle age, so everything is uh, you know evened out. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you're gross when you're young, like it's okay later because you sort of you you know everyone reaches your level. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, speaking of things that suck, um, out of the four films, I think this one has the worst acting in it, and there could be a reason for that, and that is the 3D. Now, this was shot in 3D, and it was such a complicated process, and so much attention was given to making sure the 3D worked that not enough attention was afforded the actors or any sort of... Uh, performative aspects of uh, of the performance. So it was very much, everyone was very concerned about what was happening behind the camera. And also the, the, the 3D gimmicks, I think, really get in the way. I, I mean, maybe they, I mean, we didn't see it in 3D, so that made it a bit more annoying. So you've got all sorts of situations where they've tried to shoehorn any sort of 3D effect. So, you know, the guy who's, who's doing the yo-yo, 
you know, oh, yeah. like a, a low worm's eye view of him and he's on the top of the barn, he's doing the yo-yo. And then there's, you know, obviously there's weapons and stuff that come at you and so that's all for 3D. But then shit stuff like Shelly throws his wallet to yeah. the Vera in the shop for like here, you know, she needs some money and he just, you know, who throws their wallet, you know. But and I did read that um, crew members were getting pretty, uh, pretty steamed about Shelly because he wasn't throwing the wallet. Uh, properly. Uh, oh, so he was shooting <laughs> in real life as well. <laughs> yeah, he was. That sucks. Oh, that worst. sucks. You, you have got to be a real <laughs> piece of work if, <laughs> if in the story world and in the real world, you're a douchebag. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm outraged. Yeah. Okay. 3D uh, sucks. Okay. 3D it's- sucks. And I, I do have a quote here from um, Tracy Savage. So one of the. Uh, Young Nubiles. Uh, the the key priority in every scene was making sure the 3D effects worked. It didn't matter how the lines were delivered. It didn't matter if we stumbled or fumbled. It didn't matter if our performances were not perfect. We never did a second take. The 3D effects were very technical, a very difficult thing to do. But just it's so frustrating because, like, the way they talk about it, some of the people behind the scenes, the higher-ups, like not mm. the actors, they obviously are appalled and stuff, but the higher-ups talk about it being... And a great gimmick and, you know, it's part of a a cool tradition of, you know, sort of carnival-esque horror films like William Castle and, you know, it's sort of an 80s resurgence of a 50s, you know, gimmick which was originally brought about to sort of combat TV. Mm. Um, I just find it to be exactly what it is, which is, yeah, a carnival gimmick that, and it sucks and and particularly in this film. I think Jaws 3D does a much better job of it, which I have seen in 3D. And you know what? The only thing I'll say is if you watch it at the cinema with, with other human beings and popcorn, uh, it's this can be great, this mm. sort of experience. But the moment it leaves the cinema, it's completely pointless and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I guess there's just no forethought there because now you watch it and like someone poking a broom handle at the screen is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should have focused more on the dialogue. Fuck, just anything. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's a, but having said that, the um as I said, this film did scare the hell out of me. It's so funny the the way things change. Like uh you know, times change, you change all of it. But when I saw it, it, it was just I the things I remember, I remember, yeah, that that stoner getting stabbed by the hot poker. I remember um uh, just a sort of somewhat somewhat slow and realistic uh, menacing that um, our, our heroine gets um, by Jason in her flashback. <laughs> like that's, that was just so, he was just so, he seems so fevered and desperate like to, to get her, to just get her, you know? <laughs> he wants to get her. And, and at the end, the thing that got me the most terrified was, and to this day it's burned into my brain, is his gleeful smile when he sees her at the end in the window. Yeah. Like, mm. and he's just like, and he smashes out and she's just screaming. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, my, I always think when I look at the windows that I'm just going to see Jason's gleeful smiling face. Like he's happy. He's like, oh, there you are. Got ya. There you are. <laughs> let me, let me continue my killing. You know? <laughs> well, b- before we leave the topic of 3D, uh, it's interesting to note that, um, they, they needed, the, the producers thought that they needed an advertising gimmick now that audiences sort of caught on to the storytelling formula of, uh, 
of these movies. And two months after the release of part two, a 3D comedy Western from Spain called Coming At Ya made uh, stunning for the time. I think it's it, Coming At Ya, not Coming At Ya. Coming. Oh, I've got it written down here. Coming, coming At Ya. No, because if you say Coming At Ya, that, that sounds obscene. <laughs> You can't under, un, put the emphasis on the other part of the word and just say, coming at, coming at you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Good thing they didn't call it coming on you. Well, All right. So, so it made $12 million, mostly due to the novelty of its 3D. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they saw that and saw the big success of that and went, you know, why don't we, why don't we do the same here? Um, but it's interesting to note also that a lot of the critics, all, all the critics sort of reviews and stuff that I've read, uh, have they've all slammed the movie. They hate it. You know, Ebert, he famously hates horror movies and stuff, but they all applaud the 3D. Because they're all balls. They're all <laughs> balls. They're, they're, they're like, the you know, this sort of greatest <laughs> show on earth, like sort of 1950s, vin, you know, vintage cinema, mothballs, nonsense. They're all like... Oh yes. Oh, you heard his fucking review of of um, uh, the second one. He was just like, "Oh, this cinema where I, where I saw rebels without a cause, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, and I saw <laughs> Universal monsters." Meh, 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 and you just go, "Oh, shut up, Ebert. You you co wrote <laughs> you co wrote a Russ Meyer movie. Shut up. You're not. You know what I mean?" Mm. Hey, one one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, I hate to jump back to part two, but I forgot to mention that Ebert, in his review, he actually doxed um, uh, what's uh, Pamela Voorhees. What, 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 what I can't remember the actor's name. Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer gave his gave her address out in his review what? and encouraged people to write letters to her and complain about the movie. Oh, well, yeah. He is a fine. massive piece of shit. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> Look, you know, I'm hanging on to something with him, but that is terrible. That is that's terrible behavior. And I think um surely there would have been, yeah, backlash about that, surely. Well, I don't know. I think there 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 wasn't enough. You know, I mean he didn't lose his job, did he? I mean, if you did that on Twitter, if you were say, I don't know, if you were a a, a reporter for well, Fox News or something and you you doxed someone, mm. you know, you would be you would be cancelled. Yeah, that would be right. it. It's where we live. He lived in um, a different kingdom. It's a <laughs> patriarchal <laughs> society where he could do what he wanted. Him and Siskel. Siskel. So yeah, all right. So three D sucks. Are we we all agreed on this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you enjoy what we do here on the New Flesh Podcast, there are a number of ways you can contribute to the success of the show. Consider supporting us financially by becoming a Patreon member and donating monthly or yearly. Alternatively, you can donate money through the Buy Me A Coffee platform. If you're strapped for cash at the moment, there are other ways to support The New Flesh. You can give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. These really do help others find our show and help spread the word. Or you can just simply tell your friends about us. Back to the show. Um... So this film, I think some things that are different about this film, a couple of things. It's the most diverse Friday yet. Um, you know, Vera, we get a little insight into her sort of what presumably Hispanic, Hispanic or Cuban upbringing. Uh, excuse my not knowing <laughs> the difference, really, <laughs> uh, from her, her, her mama speaking. Um, 
there's uh she was also in Weekend at Bernie's. Who the hell was she in yes. Weekend at Bernie's? Vito's missus. Oh, oh. no shit. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Hot. Yeah. Yes. That's hot. Okay. She is hot. Okay. Uh <laughs> there's a there's actually a bit of um dare I say that this was a bit of so social commentary here. So they go to that stupid convenience store, Shelly and Vera. And when she's taking a while to get her money out, the the um the clerk says, we don't accept no food stamps. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But you don't just say that to anyone, do you? No. Like she's saying that because she's um uh uh yes. Latinx. <laughs> Latinx. <laughs> Latinx. Is that right? <laughs> well, that's great. That's 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 something. Like that's yes. that's mm. that's that's situating it in a real world. Like, yeah. like you know what I mean? Um, and saying they're off the beaten track. Uh, so the bikers also add a bit of diversity. Um, but overall, it's not just nubiles, you know. So we get uh, different types of people getting nailed. <laughs> like <laughs> so the bikers, the old-fashioned bullies, you know what I mean? Like so, so that is, you, you get such a different emotional response seeing them get killed than you would, well, than you do Vera, for instance. Like, you know, Vera is, is sort of, um, I go, ah. Oh. You know, whereas with the bikers, you sort of like almost cheering, like or or with some of them, like the, the female biker, yeah, like she's, you know, sort of we see her having fun and stuff, and then she just like disappears, and it's sort of you, you've got a jumble of emotions. It's not as mm. easy. When Shelly gets killed, you're like, oh my god, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> but I think the real difference here is that, and I don't know if they pushed on with this or maybe they did. There's several uh, disgustos who get killed in this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah. so the couple at the beginning. Hey, Harold was my favourite. Stinky, <laughs> stinky, dowdy Mr. and Mrs. Gross, okay? <laughs> Edna and Harold Gross. I really liked Harold until I saw him on the toilet and then I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. AJ, I love, I love that, like, that you've revealed, like, that, Seeing someone on a toilet suddenly makes you hate. <laughs> I feel the same way, by the way. So, like, all like all you've got to do is just like. So, if you've got an arch enemy, just get a picture of them on the toilet right. and and photocopy it and send it to everyone. Okay, and say, look, look, there they are. There it is. I thought it was funny when he was eating the fish food. Yeah. I thought it was funny when he had the bunny. I thought, oh, Harold, Edna's yeah. a bit of a bitch. And but he ate the produce as well. Yeah. Yeah. And put yeah. It back. Eating the donuts, uh, drinking, drinking the juice. Drinking from the juice and putting it back on the shelf. <laughs> that's next level. Yeah. But the toilet killed me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, what what got me with the toilet is like it's hard to tell how long he was there for before he heard some noises and just pulled his pants up without wiping. That's exactly Nobody right. in this movie yeah. wipes their butt. Yep. The other, dis- the hippie, the disgusting hippie does the same thing mm. later in the movie. Both times. Mm. Do they do this on purpose? Do they do something when this happens? Like every time this happens in a movie, I'm sure everyone who isn't a fucking disgusting pig <laughs> says, excuse me, I don't care who's outside, you you, you missed something. You missed a spot. <laughs> yeah. you <know? laughs> but both times in this movie, they just get up and you go, no, there is no situation in life. Where no. you just get up, okay? There no. must be some situations, like no. if your house is on fire or something. No, I'm standing there. 
<laughs> so your house is burning down around you. Yes. And you stop to 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 do do the do the job properly. Yes. And wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was so interesting that that they that they elected. They were like, anyway, we've seen the hot people get killed. Anyway, now it's time for the disgustos. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, is it? Can we get back to the hot new balls? And, and they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's that was yesterday. Yeah. Today, now now what we want to see is gross people get <laughs> what what i do love about that whole scene early scene there is that the husband he he, he doesn't speak any lines at all to the wife <laughs> all, all of his lines are to the rabbit or to, you know, or to himself you know that's so sad don't you think yeah like he's got like they're just relationship is so awful <laughs> she's just a ball break <laughs> oh she is a ball buster like that is just like you know Fucking hell. You, you were just like, shut up, Edna. Shut up. <laughs> but guys do, some guys do like Edna. They go, they, you know what I mean? You've oh, always, they love it. You've got a friend. Everyone's got a friend who's got with Edna and you just go, oh. you just go, Richie, what's wrong, man? Like, what do you get out of this? And they, they, they like being, it's S&M really is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, that was gross. Um, but uh yeah. AJ, what did you think of the music? Oh, I liked the intro. The intro was good. Diddling, diddling. Yeah. Yeah. It I was, was up good. for it. It it it's reminiscent of Goblin, isn't it? It's reminiscent yeah. reminiscent of Goblin. Yeah. So and now Ricky, what do you think when the theme in a, of movies where the theme appears in the movie as diegetic sound? Oh yeah, we did hear that, didn't we, in the store? <laughs> yes. Um which I, I only picked up sort of on my second Go viewing. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm I'm sure Sheila's shocked to hear that I I watched. It, well, I watched it one and a half times. So yeah. Um, yeah. I did something second, similar. Second time round. Um. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it shows perhaps the 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 budget constraints really. Oh, um, that's like, a slam. You know, so it's a slam. It is a bit of a slam. <laughs> well. Be- because because I don't think I've ever been ever in my life happy to hear a theme, a composed theme or a title song in the, the story world. It's just I just don't like, I don't like anything about it. I don't like the discussion they would have had in the <laughs> editing room about it. I don't like the way they think it's clever. It's not, um, you know? Yeah. This movie made this movie was made for two million dollars. It made thirty six million dollars. That was just at the box office. Forget video, forget Whoa. cable, and everything else. So this was a this was the other two were monster smashes as well. They had cash. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So just so you think it's just lazy. Well, it's everything you want it to be. It's lazy. It's dumb. <laughs> it's deep. You know, like I, I hate it. I ne- but then again, it, 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 in that stupid movie, which you've never seen, thank God, Ricky, is called uh, this movie called Solo, uh, which is a Star Wars movie. Um, they put the Imperial March in the movie as like a uh, recruitment song. That you know really what I mean? Sucks. Like yeah. he's, he's walking around and they go, and he goes, he looks over and it says, join the Empire. And you hear the, hear the song. They're making a joke of it, you know? And you just go, sorry, that's one of the greatest uh composed tracks of all time yeah yeah i really don't think we should be making a big joke of it this we should be making a joke of this movie uh not that so that well was... i i doubly won't see it now <laughs> <laughs> well that that theme was actually a really it actually became sort of a bit of a, a minor hit uh according to man freddy it became really popular at uh gay nightclubs and discos so 
Uh, also, strangely, it's uh, it shares a credit. So Manfredi wrote it with someone called uh, Michael Zagger, and they share the credit with a fictional band called Hot Ice. So I don't quite know why they thought it necessary to invent a band that played the track. I, I don't know. Um, mm. Seems a bit strange. Maybe it's that Goblin thing. I don't know. I mean, Goblin, for those who don't know, wrote a lot of – well, they're, they're a sort of a prog rock band from – Italy, who wrote uh, the majority of scores, well, not the majority, but a lot of scores for uh, Argento films. And they sort of had a, a different take on the whole horror thing, turning it more into a more of a thrilling, um, exciting, almost danceable sort of horror, mu uh, horror music. So maybe it's got something to do with that. I don't know. But it comes um, when you when you put that, uh, you know, those those high tempo beats and stuff, it becomes orgiastic mm. you know becomes a yeah let's let's do a dance of death you yeah, know? yeah and 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 uh but you do you lose your game you know like i mean goblin have got their own their own sound and it's a spirit it is terrifying in, in, in its own way but the in this movie this this theme um it's well actually i guess it's it's doing exactly what they want it to do which is an, it's a nod and a wink it's saying let's have fun do you know what i mean it's not saying I'm, i want to scare the pants off you it's saying let's let's all let's all just have a bit of fun yeah so overall, did you did you like the theme? Like, do you like what they did in the opening with that, or do you think they should have just gone with the the more atonal orchestral score? Well, generally speaking, I like all of the the the, the strange choices, you know, the creative choices. I know I've slammed uh, the the way they've used it later in the film, but I like the track, and I I think that the the most charming thing about this entire series is the weird stuff. So, you know, they they there's this they're oddly conservative in terms of their narrative usually uh and then there's just these elements that they flip or do or add in and and these bringing these innovations and i think in this one that that theme definitely isn't in a, a welcome innovation because you can't just we've had two other movies you can't, we, we can't be a carbon copy this is really something and they're going with it you know there is something to be said even though because I mean, you could sit around all day and say oh don't do it like that do, just give me the old shit it's like well you know, sometimes you do need to go out on a limb and say, well, let's try something just a little different. Mm. And that's yeah. what they've done. But but they didn't continue that for the fourth one, which which was a shame. I was hanging out to hear it in the fourth one. Yeah, that's a change again. Well, that's the thing. It's like for some reason, these whole all of these movies, they they really the the continuity is a mess, you know, the makeup and the, the you know, whatever. And it just seems like they 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 wipe the slate clean every time. Yeah, you know, like this this movie they shot um, uh, in LA, I think. So it's got a really different feel. They built everything, you know, from scratch. Um, you know, Jason's different again. Yeah, uh, and so it all adds to this sense that um, I don't know. I'm surprised that no one really seemed to care. Yeah. About this. Yeah. <laughs> But it does seem now. Now I haven't seen I haven't seen the other bloody million Friday the Thirteenth that come came after this. But it does seem like these four are are more linked than what comes later on. Because I mean, you said in the last podcast that they just you know they just go totally away from the original story in the next next few. Well, you know, no, no we won't get hung up on the on the future ones, but. Um... Uh, number four, because we'll talk about that a bit later, introduces a character who is who dominates the next two films. Sorry, so five, so four, five, and six have the same protagonist. 
Oh, right. Yeah, so not to ruin it, but but um, that that changes things slightly. So arguably by four, they're sort of finding they've brought in, you know, someone you really could hang on to. Whereas because I mean, but but it's not by design in these first few. Like, you know, the first actress, uh, she has said that she um, you know, she liked the film, I think, but but you know, she got a stalker because of it and um mm. and sort of said, Oh, look, I don't want to do it anymore. And they killed her off in the second one. The second chick, uh, just you know, as she has regretfully said, um, that she kind of wished she she had continued on, but she just thought, you know, she had other other opportunities um, at the time. Uh, and so we get uh, this third chick, and she just sort of hangs around for this one, and that's it for her. So it's this weird. Um, it's so strange to have, yeah, those those final girls just so easy, either easily dispatched or. Mm. or interchanged and well, and well a lot of the time it's because the actors don't want to come back that's yeah. the problem yes and I, I don't get that too because because it's such a successful franchise like like regardless of, of of if you like the films or not like you a lot of people are going to see you you know mm. like and and maybe that maybe actors don't realize this at, at the time but but there there is a window of opportunity for you to really bust out and become well-known and a household name and you've got to sort of take take what you can get especially when when you're getting stuff that a lot of people are seeing and there's a lot of money involved like i find it um really strange that that the character the actress that played Ginny didn't come back for the third one because they were going to write the entire storyline around her it was supposed to focus on a sort of a post-traumatic situation where where Ginny goes and learns self-defense and returns back to college and then you know discovers that um finds a character's corpse in a dormitory and then she prepares to track down Voorhees and face him off in a final confrontation which I don't know it's, it's something different it sounds like um, sounds cool it does sound cool it sounds a bit more like a almost like a revenge but the 3d would have ruined it again because that, that's that's way more like that annoys me though so how come they put in all this effort there and then what as soon as they started this movie they was like yeah yeah fuck that anyway get the 3d camera ready <laughs> you know well, she said no though she said i'm not coming back you know but now yeah and it's funny because she people look back sort of very fondly on her as, yeah. as being one of the best mm. For sure, yeah, definitely the most natural and yes, um, girl next door sort of vibe. Yes, but between you and me, Chris in this movie, the lead is I'm hot for Chris. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's hot. She's hot. Her hair is the best hair in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy windswept hair. Like, look at that. Like that sort of teased back. You know. Yeah. Just so naughty. What a naughty. <laughs> hairstyle you know? <laughs> and no, i'm not going to go into too much detail aj but you look at that hairstyle and you say you naughty girl what have you been doing <laughs> running away from jason yeah well that and you know and the rest <laughs> and all the rest is what i'm saying okay but anyway but a pudding bowl to be seen <laughs> oh yeah that sheila's are so offended at the pudding bowl haircut yes. yeah. of uh alice is it yes yeah awful <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> She's not a fan of the Princess Die look. No, that was Ricky's big defense. <laughs> well, I don't love the hairstyle either, but I realized that, you know, mad shit happened back in the old days. And that's just, you know. No, but no, but Sheila has said that even back in the day it was a dumb haircut. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great back in the day. Right. 
you know, like, look, it honestly looks like you've had your head in a punishment toilet and they've cut around it. Oh, Maybe that's why some people like it. <laughs> no one likes it. AJ, do, do, do you, what do you think of the pudding bowl haircut? I like it. It's a bit of fun. <laughs> a bit of fun. I want, I want you to get that haircut. Look, <laughs> I think that I could be Jason. So maybe I'll get his haircut. <laughs> I think that'd be a sweet role to play. You just it have be to good. be creepily positioned sometimes. Yes. Um, yeah, no lines. And then just it, it does cunts. involve it does involve some stunt stunt sort of uh credentials though. Because the the Jason in uh in the fourth one is a is a stunt man. Oh well. You've just shit on my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I heard this uh, critique uh, on, on this documentary. Uh, his name was Jason. They, they talk about Jason as being a, a tragic figure. You know, is this, uh, is this part of his appeal or is, is he a tragic figure? Do we like Why do we, do we like him? Do we hate him? <laughs> is he a creep? Is he just I, a creep? I, I don't know. He's Because he's, uh... people say, oh, he was a, he was a victim and he's seen his mum die as well. Um, and you know, so he's sort of getting revenge. I, I think because that whole mythology is a little bit muddled and not very well fleshed out in the first couple, that I don't think you think too much about it once you get into three and four and maybe beyond. You know, mm. well, everyone in this doco was talking like in such uns like unself conscious terms about all of this. Like they're just like. You know all the dread central guys, bloody disgusting.com. Well, it's all the same guy, by the way. It's all the it's all white guys with black hair, mm. like you know, and saying, you know, just lovingly talking about Jason as a tragic being, going to way too much detail. And you go, guys, 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 come on, you are projecting a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's too far, really. Like I don't think that that whole part of the story is fleshed out enough for it to to give it that sort of weight and and meaning to 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 paint him as a tragic figure i think uh i think i just see him as a fucking psycho but arguably he's him and his mum are more fleshed out than anyone else that is true yeah so but that is because there's this revolving door of characters though because people have to get killed off and yes and as we know actors are reluctant to come back and revisit their roles and so that makes it a bit difficult what do you think? Is he a tragic figure? Uh, I don't know. No, no, I don't know what he is, but I think he has, you know, I'm a big fan of ideas that cut through and, and I'm fascinated by that. And, you know, for whatever reason, he is a, a very memorable, has become a very memorable character. And that is, mm. to do that is very, very difficult. You know, just look at all the other, you know, nameless, you know, ridiculous villains of, of history and you just go, who cares? This is this is he's in the top, well, easily in the top ten, maybe in the top, you know, five most iconic, uh, you know, certainly the most iconic horror uh, figures of all time. He'd probably be in the top three. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you you know, you know, something's iconic when you when when you change, uh, you know, the meaning of things. Like, if I if I just if you see a hockey mask on the ground, you'll think of Jason. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are other things like like that he does that slow moving that he does uh, particularly later on i'm just fascinated he's he's cut through with people people like mm. him you know what i mean they were in the same way that they like freddie they like i actually this was one thing one guy said in the documentary which is true jason is a showman you know like he's not 
if he wanted to, he could be a lot less uh, flashy with mm. with the way he kills people. Mm. He kills people very uniquely and imaginatively, and he and he's got a range of things that he likes to do. Do you know what I mean? Like he does. There's some. There's ways. Like I mean, if he was a sniper, this movie would not be good. You know, like or if he was, if he or if he was like, that would be so boring. I know. Or if he was like, or if his thing was, I, I like to kill people with ninja stars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'd go, okay, this movie's that not would dub- good. be doubly shit. Yeah, mm. That's right. So he's he's so imaginative, like, and and something about um. I don't know, like, and I know it's it's very much, and we can get into this with the Me Too stuff, but it's very much out of favour now, you know, this sort of the, the the morality play that's going on about about teen sex and all the all the all the um, you know, the 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 panic around teen 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 sex, and that's that's all he's sort of enacting. But there is something, and I don't think that's ever really going to change, despite all the OnlyFans accounts and you know all of this, you know, get your dick out and just jerk it off at meetings and whatever people <laughs> whatever they're saying is good whatever the left is saying is good then like i know that they say that but really in every home and in every household and you know the human very human worry you have around all this stuff i think you know and you're we're all very very quite moral in that way and i think watching him met out justice to promiscuous teens is 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 and always will be quite appealing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that's very un-PC now. Mm. So Chris's past encounter with Jason was originally uh, intended to involve rape. So there's sort of a, a vague impression of that idea. That's how he's with- acting it, though. Mm. That's how he's acting that scene. Yeah. He's not trying to kill her because he's got her Yeah, he's got her dead to rights. Mm. Mm. That's right, yeah. You know? Yeah, and she wakes up after. So he maybe he did stick his winky in her kitchen sinky. That sort of plays into to Chris's character being uncomfortable, sort of in romantic situations with mm. women, you know, and, and and talking about it's all very vague, but you get this sort of idea that uh, that something more happened, and but but this idea was deemed too too dark by by the filmmakers to make it explicit you know well that's the big no-no you know uh and and i'm not i'm not profiling but you know it's it's well known that american cinema has and does have a problem mainstream american cinema with sex and violence being intermixed mm, that's right. they don't they don't like it so mm. you know keep it separate john wick you know as i've said yeah kill, kill 300 people titty pops out Fucking Ooh. shut the nation down. Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. You know? Whereas here, this movie, these movies have always gotten into trouble, particularly when they've tried to make that link uh, a lot more. Like, you know, the, that famous Mario Bava death of the spear going through the two teenagers who are nailing. Mm. That is the metaphor of these movies. Do you know what I mean? Like it's sex and death intertwined. It's yeah. the same thing that you get from Hammer movies with Christopher Lee, you know, biting a, a buxom woman's neck and her pain and ecstasy on her face. That is, uh, you know, what we're what we want, you know. And in these movies, that link, whenever it's made, the MPAA have really come down on them and said, right, you know what I mean? Enough, mm. cut it all out. So that that would have really changed it up, and it's. It's uh, yeah, but it's also a bit of a hard left shift, isn't it? Like, it really does muddle things if he, if Jason is 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 um, a sex pest mm. as well. 
you know what I mean? Like he's already a killer, you know, like, I mean, if it was real life, he definitely would be doing all that. But, yeah. um, but on the movies, we're just like, nah, just be more like, be a focused bad guy. Like, yeah, but like Frankenstein or Dracula or something, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't, just don't mix your portfolios. <laughs> you know what, what was your favorite kill? Uh, in the third one. Yeah. Well, I think there's a few that I, I they all stick in my mind. Like Rick's eye coming out is fucking gross because that's a head crush. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting stabbed with a hot poker is fucking horrible. I like the guy, the handstand guy. Me too. That's my favorite. Yeah. He gets cut in half. Yeah, that was pretty fucking sick. Yeah, like <laughs> right, right through the crotch. You know, bit of a mind trick though, because like when you see him, he's cut in the midsection, mm. but. The way Jason comes down, we're meant to think that he's cutting him in half, like like yeah. split. Yeah. Mm. Never cared for that. Oh. Oh, really? No, I think it's great, but like I just couldn't <laughs> I couldn't add it up in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. His body doesn't match the way he was killed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So now there's a lot of horrible deaths in this. Um I think that the bikers get uh well, at least the Ali gets really harshly mm. dealt with. Um, you know, because he sort of gets killed twice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he gets he gets beaten so hard that I I figured he he was dead anyway. Like, how cool were his chains? It was pretty sick. They were pretty cool. Just <laughs> old fashioned bikers. <laughs> One thing I will say about the deaths is Shelley's death is not nearly as satisfying as it should be. No. Agreed. He just gets his 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 throat slit. You know. Yeah. He should definitely. Lots of bad stuff should have happened to him. Yeah. Jason should have done him slow, you know. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, <laughs> I think, um, you know, I need to run through a few things. So um, firstly, you know, since we're talking uh, about Me Too, uh, this movie is very heteronormative, uh, you know. So, I mean, that, that goes across all these movies, really. So, you know, no lady dicks, no non-binary queers <laughs> or anything, nothing, no queers in this movie. And I, I think that, you know, needs to be said straight up because if it was made today i don't know it would be it would be almost the opposite i'm certain mm. i don't think that maybe that's what they should do you know um superman's sons come out i reckon jason should come out you know um as what <laughs> i don't know but it doesn't really matter does it it's no. just just not not whatever not just just he's into something a bit extra so um Andy, uh, the handstand guy, says, I got you a date for Shelly. So that's the, what's what's this thing? Like you go away for the weekend and you just get people like you, you say, I got you a date. Does that well, mean like- Everyone needs to be paired up so that they can all have sexy time. Right. Yeah. So women are just like, you know, passed around, you know. I've got you, Shelly. I've got you this date for you. Anyway, it didn't work out. So I think the biggest charge in this movie is Rick. Rick is just a, a, another sex pest. Um, he does forced kissing. Uh, he does my favorite thing, which is calling her frigid. Um, <laughs> you know, it's always good when you say, do the old, um, you know, did it did it just drop a couple of degrees in here or something? You know, that sort of shit. Did it just get cold in here? In other words, you're a frigid bitch. And one, <laughs> out more, all right? But he's he's got the hot privilege though, right? Because he's the handsome, AJ. well-built guy. He is hot. It's like a Ken doll. Really? Yeah. Jeez. I reckon, actually, Sheila, you can hear, is uh, Rick, the tall guy, number three, is he hot? 
Is he the blonde guy who's gets his boyfriend? eye popped out? Has his shirt off? Um, yeah, he's he's reasonable. Reas- yeah, he's good looking. Yes, good he's looking. traditionally good looking. Yeah, he's wow. traditionally good. I mean, I prefer Scott uh, for hot sex case, but um, you know, from num- from number two, from number two, this but- guy's this guy's tall. He doesn't he doesn't have that dark hair or the piercing eyes, but he's still got that sort of chiseled. Lumberjack. Mm. He's, yeah. the, he's main man mm. quality. Uh, and he, you are correct. He uh, he is an absolute prick. Um, he, <laughs> with the forced kissing and accusing her of not giving him enough uh, sexual activity. Yeah. He says, he says, there's only, there's only so many cold showers I can take. I know. <laughs> it's so good. And then he says that he's going to fuck off with some other bird, doesn't yeah. he, at the start? He said, he said that he gave up a weekend with Mary Jo Conrad. Mm. Obviously another woman he was going to force himself upon if he couldn't wear <laughs> Chris down. <laughs> uh, Shelley does say one thing. He says, he gets rejected and he says, uh, bitch. So, <laughs> There you go. True as the, the feeling might be. Well, when he's not allowed to skinny dip because he's not skinny enough. Yes. Oh, well, but that, that, was, that was self-censorship though, right? Yeah. In, in today's version, everyone would be his size or bigger, you know, for body positivity and, you know. It was just pathetic. Like even with the um, bikies when he said, oh, did I do good? Yeah, well, it's just it's just a it's just a ca- character type that is very unsympathetic, you know. Uh, like you just go like, there's no, you, he everything seems to be self pity and um, yeah, you know, attention seeking. That's the worst thing. Attention seeking is is dreadful. I, dreadful I had thing. a question. There's that scene where Shelley he's he's sort of faked his death. He's as one of his practical gags, and mm. he falls out of the closet, and mm. um, everyone's pissed off with him. Uh, and but Rick says it's not his fault. He doesn't know any better. Oh yes. So what 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 does Rick so, mean by that? Does he mean that Shelley's like I don't know retarded or oh, something? Oh yeah. Well, you know, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I I read that correctly then. Look back in the day, there no actually, I should I know I've mentioned this doc a couple of times, but you know, this it was ridiculous largely. But it was made in 2009 for like, I don't know, getting ready for the remake or whatever. Now, things have changed, thankfully. But even 10 years ago, completely different world. Like the like Tom Savini is the, the narrator, the narrator. And he's going, he says at a few points, he's doing like one of those walking around sort of like a dark stormy set with all these chicks tied up and everything. And he's going like, you know. Uh, talking about and his name was jason you know like doing a really big sort of universal tours type uh monologue about it and then he's looking down the camera and he says uh and uh and and who would have thought that this mangled mongoloid would be so big and you just go (laughs) mongoloid he says he says (laughs) it a few times he says it a couple of times where you just go wow like that is that you know because these 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 movies do um at several points highlight jason's um uh you know uh well what in the old parlance would would have been retardation (laughs) but i think it's you know his disability or whatever like that you know his mum does the most subtle version of it she says you know he wasn't dot 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 you know ellipses he wasn't a very good swimmer Mm. you know uh whereas 
you know, in this, you just go on all out. He was this deformed man, like underscoring how deformed he is. You know what I mean? Like he's got to go. So I don't know. And Rick here really is just, you know, in another way, just like anyone who doesn't get it in the 80s is is the R word, you know? Yeah. Like that's, mm. you just go like, oh, he doesn't get it, all right? He's not all there. Mm. Probably just has ADHD or something. Yeah, he's just a dick. <laughs> 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 so anyway, that you you've heard the charges. What do we give this out of ten? Me too. Come on. Oh, it's pretty high. Would would you say mm. like a seven? Yeah. Yeah. I think seven. Yeah, definitely. Because because Rick is the main uh, hero sort of boyfriend, and um and he's got all the worst stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's just it, that forced kissing is so strange. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's just is something that is be to- totally beyond the pale now. Um, so, uh, so don't do it. All right. Just for as someone who lived through that era, he was just a boyfriend. Okay? <laughs> he, was, he was just a boyfriend. No, he was just your boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was. He was every boss and every boyfriend. You know. So. All right. Um, I don't think they were. They didn't write him like that. They just said, oh, we'll just write a boyfriend. Okay. That's a grim <laughs> picture you paint. <laughs> I think we should bring in number four. What do we think? Yes, let's do it. Do it. Okay. before you have felt the terror known the madness lived the horror but this is the one you've been screaming for Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason is back He moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry, you changed your mind? He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the corkscrew? He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly, kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Friday, April 13th, is Jason's unlucky day. So, 1984, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. It's another Friday. Well, technically, it is Saturday. And uh, Jason is taken to the morgue after the events of part three. It's no surprise that Jason's not dead. Uh, he kills some horny healthcare workers uh, and escapes to continue his work. A little side note, one of those, uh, med- in case I forget it later, one of those medical workers is Fackler from uh, Police Academy, <laughs> who I like. Uh, into Tommy Jarvis, a bright uh, 12-year-old boy with a fascination for monsters who lives in the woods with his mother and sister, Trish. I could say divorced mother since they make such a big deal of it. Uh, Presumably not too far from Crystal Lake, 
There's also a new gaggle of hot and horny teens that have decided to vent their frustrations in the cabin opposite the Jarvises. There's Paul and his girlfriend, Sam. There's Virgin Sarah. There's Doug uh, and dead fuck Jimmy, played by uh, Crispin Glover, and prankster Ted, played by Lawrence Monison from The Last American Virgin. This time, there's also a burly hunter, Rob, who seems to have been hunting Jason since his sister was killed in part two. As Jason begins to work his way through the teens, there's, there are unexpected developments. Paul chooses Sam over the over a hot twin. Jimmy nails the other hot twin and discovers that he's not a dead fuck. Sarah loses her virginity and, uh, virginity and falls in love with Doug, which is nice. Anyway, they, they all get slaughtered. Um, and it's showtime. So everyone's dead, including Mrs. Jarvis, except Rob, Trish, and little Tommy. Jason stalks them and gets the jump on Rob, killing him, we know, because Rob says, he's killing me while it's happening. Um, <laughs> while Jason while Jason while while Jason menaces Trish Tommy comes up with a plan after reading Rob's newspaper cutouts detailed, uh, detailing the endless murders that have occurred not too far from Tommy's house mind you Tommy gets the idea to shave his head to look like a young Jason and confuse him so Tommy bamboozles Jason with his new cosplay look and Trish gets the jump on him uh, and uh, eventually uh, Tommy drives a machete into his head uh, Jason is dead but it seems little Tommy might be getting some new ideas the Friday 13th uh, saga continues this is the final chapter what did we what did we think AJ, do you uh, want to give Teddy Bear a kiss? <laughs> I do like him. There's something about him that I like. <laughs> so Teddy is our is our full character. Every every move, every one of these films seems to have a a, a schlocky prankster. You know, it was it was Shelley last time. It's Ted this time. He's a lot more likable than Shelley. If oh, definitely. About the he he's still an but he's different though. He's He's an asshole, though. Like he's yeah. not—I don't know—he's not—he's not like Shelley. Like he's not—I um, don't know—a pathetic goofball guy. He's just well, um, he sticks by his guns. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like he's—he's—he's he's he's an asshole and he's inappropriate. But he also knows when to say when because um, what made him well, in my opinion, what made him really appealing is when um, he sort of gives up on the chicks and just just watching the stag movie. Yeah, and. and that's that's him saying, "Ah, oh, fuck it! I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna be about me," you know. And um, I feel like that's relatable. It is relatable. <laughs> like you just go like that. That that is absolutely relatable. Like whereas if he kept going, you'd go, "Oh Jesus, get the fucking hint, bro!" Yeah. Like whereas he's got it, and he's like, and actually, he, this he does this, push pretty hard though. Well, he does harder than yeah. he needs to as well. I think, you know, like yeah, I think I think that that and AJ can maybe confirm back this up. Uh, it's really unappealing to be trying that hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you can't wait forever. But I think, too, they've made it like that because he's meant to be the man to Crispin. Yeah. And then it shows that he's just a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nice. That yeah. is good. Because yeah. that is a, then that is a conscious reversal. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he, and because uh, Crispin prevails, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um. Hot birds. Oh, a plenty. It's by far got the hottest chicks. Like twins? Twincest. I mean, they've <laughs> they've stepped it up here, haven't they? Getting they twin have. getting twins involved. You're not fucking around. When you when you nah. got twins in the movie, you you're like, we came to play. All right? Yeah. Everyone sit down. So there's so many hot chicks in this movie. Uh 
And so much that it's always nice when you get um, asked and answered. Do you know what I mean? So one of the chicks in Weird Science, one of the girlfriends, is um, in this movie. And uh, you used to watch Weird Science and go, oh, geez, wonder what it would be like to see her naked. And in this movie, it's answered, and um, and it's 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 a good answer. It's very good. <laughs> they did do a solid. They did. They were like, "What do you think?" And I said, "Um, my yes. brain has gone. <laughs> it's like a whiteout in my brain." You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she's hot, and um, uh, Virgin Sarah is pretty hot too. Uh, yeah, it's all so good, so good, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's also got the most flesh of the four films too. Yeah. Which is great. The skinny dipping scene is mm. good. Don't you think midnight mad cold skinny dipping is is rock and roll? Yeah. Like that is like, you know, I don't know. That that's a real trope of these movies is the chicks like that like they've well I mean, I'm always up for it, but they but they but they <laughs> <laughs> they, they, but you come to a cabin on a lake, you've got your bathers. You're probably wearing your bathers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you've been there all day. So, but everyone always just goes, all right, it's all coming off. Like that's so like, you know, be free. Just be free is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> said, said every nudist male on the planet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes, well, that that actually they they didn't they didn't shoot this film in summer though they shot it in winter, Ooh. and and some of the some of the chicks got so cold doing these some of these scenes that I think one of them got hypothermia. Jesus, and the guy that plays Jason uh, was was really um, quite uh, pissed off with the director and had quite a few sort of verbal skirmishes with him about it, about the uh, director's treatment of of some of the cast and what what they're getting them to do in the conditions and so much so that he uh he was so pissed off with that that he took his name his credit his name off the off the credit so uh, oh wow but you know if you're going to make an omelet you've got to crack a few eggs right so <laughs> well this movie is um the best one so far yep by far you yeah. know what I mean? Like so. What what I love about this is so Tommy's character, you know, he has this interest in makeups and and effects, which serves obviously as a bit of a homage to Tom Savini. But it also shows that Jason is basically defeated by movie makeup effects. Yes, which is cool. Yes, clever. Yeah. Now that well, this the, the movie's starting to reference itself more and more. We get we get the the someone reading Fangoria magazine in the third one, uh, which is you know, the biggest cheerleader of, the, of this series. Um, and so it's starting to really play to its audience. And I think that this incorporating the sort of the young Tom Savini character in, in The Fell Dog is is quite clever. But this film brings with it a, a bunch of innovations that, that I think set it apart. So the introduction of Tommy Jarvis, um, you know, a fleshed out kid with a recognisable family, you know, his mum and his sister, uh, his story also ends up paralleling Jason's in, the, in that his mum is murdered. You know what I mean? So we do get uh, a little bit of uh, reference there. The teens in this movie are sort of backgrounded, um, so which I think just improves the story incredibly because mm. we don't have to be with them all the time. Uh, but having said that, their trials and tribulations uh, are, are somewhat fleshed out. They're given nice... Uh, sort of young love vignettes of of wins and losses and you know a bit of plastic plastic heart 
uh, musical chairs and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, which, you know, in the other films, we don't really get the same one, two, three. Like, you know, we talked about um, uh, Last American Ted and um, uh, and Chris McGlover's character. Uh, they their sort of reversal and one of them getting the girl, one of them not, and everything. That is that's a real one, two, three. Mm. It begins in the car with the you know, him calling him a dead fuck. Mm. <laughs> and his increasing um, you know, frustration at that, you know, don't call me a dead fuck, you know. <laughs> like yeah. it's so, so good. And then that then the great reversal, that's way more fleshed out than than mm. the others. We also get the last innovation, which is Rob, the J- the Jason Hunter. Okay. Yeah. A logical outgrowth from the story. Now, this leads me on to the, I need to get your ideas on this. I never really put it together before. I think the last time I thought about this was probably in high school and then I've just buried it. So <laughs> think about this. Think about this. Two, three, and four happen over the same weekend. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Uh-huh. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Rob's vigilante quest has been going on for like two days. <laughs> but he's acting like he's he's been on the road forever. Like that's really bad direction and writing. That's like someone's told him, okay, you know, you're a weary Jason Hunter. It's like, wait, wait, my sister died two days ago. And I'm acting like he went missing fucking 10 years ago. And he's about 40. So I don't know. And he sucks though. He gets killed so quickly. I know, but that's that gets me though, because I felt safe with him. <laughs> and he's and he's like, and the way he dies, like I look, it's everything. It's scary and hilarious. Like mm. him screaming that stuff is is scary and ridiculous. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's really realistic. I think that's the kind of shit you'd probably be screaming. I out think so too. If mm. if someone was was stabbing you seven times or whatever. I think you're right. No, that's why it's scary. I it's un it maybe I well they say that, that that I think it was the director or someone actually said they put it in because they read that in a newspaper that mm. someone was screaming out some mad shit like that as they were getting done. Yeah and no one came no one came to help them. And so there's something about it like like you know I have to say that it's really effective because it's 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 the best kind of thing in these movies hilarious and terrifying you know mm. all at once all wrapped up in one one ball mm. he's killing me you know he says it, <laughs> he says it a lot <laughs> all because he said i have to go and give it they get the knife don't you don't need the knife <laughs> no leave it leave the knife mm. just leave just go and leave let's talk about the fell dog C- Corey's great in this mm. he's good he's strong he's very good and yeah, I just love his sort of geeky quality. He's into he's into making these these horror masks and But you just know um, he's gonna be a star. Like he's got that thing. Yeah. He's just got that thing. Like like like, you know, I don't I, I you know, don't really believe in magic, but but there's some some people have that X factor and he's got mm, it. Like yeah. he's just there. You just go like, Oh wow, everything he says, it's like he was born for the movies. You know, oh, mom, like, you know, like all that stuff is just, it's the opposite of Jake Lloyd in The Phantom Menace, you know, like, yes, yeah, where he's just, is the worst. He's just a kid. He's the worst. Yeah. And um, whereas Corey Feldman is an actor, yeah, you know, like a natural performer, just a natural performer. And I'm not saying that his, his sort of MJ inspired dancing is good <laughs> later on in life. <laughs> or that his association with his band, the Angels, <laughs> good. But uh, anyway, I'm really glad that you brought up dancing. 
the dancing in oh, the living yes. room was terrible. Crispin Glover, that's that's all <laughs> him, baby. That's all him. Well, he that's part of my trivia here is that that's what he would he would go to clubs no. and dance like that to take the piss. Oh, okay. No, but dance is well, that dancing is so shitty, it's not <laughs> shitty. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's so oh. but he loves all that. He's he's been a madman forever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Total <laughs> madman. I think he, there's that story where he ended up um, suing Spielberg and won. Like, you know, like, so, so he was in, um, I think they replaced him on Back to the Future 2 or something. And he sued a lot of them and he won. Really? Which wow. is a famous story, you know, um, uh, and which is crazy. I'm not quite sure why they didn't want him. It might have been because he was weird. I think he's now maybe <laughs> maybe you guys could, uh, you know, AJ Shield, whatever. I didn't think Crispin in this movie is quite handsome. Do you, do you think he's handsome? Uh, think he's- the best he's looked. I mean, the man's sort of made um, a career out of awkward and gross. Mm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's certainly the the best Crispin. But that's not uh, a glowing review, presented. is it? The best is the best. <laughs> Do you know? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I thought he was handsome. And now that's why. Okay. Or he can be your boyfriend. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and he is a bit la femme, so that fits. I'll pass. But this is it's so strange, though. So if I was gay, he's probably what I'd go for. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Like, I don't know what it is, you know? He's got something is what I'm saying, AJ. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I can I can see it. All right, okay. It's a bit like soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like he'd be um sensitive. Hmm. Okay. Looks like he'd be a dead fuck. <laughs> 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 the twin disagrees. Yes. <laughs> I like that he believed her. That shows how naive he was. There's no <laughs> way that anyone in this in these movies is having good sex. <laughs> <laughs> and that he was unbelievable. <laughs> Eddie Murphy says it in like, was it Delirious or Raw? When he's just like, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you know, he's like 27 at the time, and he's like, you know, I'm get, I'm hitting my straps now. Okay? <laughs> no way that these kids are doing anything good. Thirty seconds, <laughs> and it would be a no good. <laughs> well, when 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 the the second twin knocks on the door to say she's leaving, did you? Did you think that she was going to join in? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> did you I hope think. that she would join in? Of hope? course I did. Did you Did you pause the movie, think about what it would be like, <laughs> and then keep watching? Uh, I should have paused the movie and never watched the rest of it. <laughs> that would be worth it. That would be totally worth it. I did get sad when Corey got cl- a cock blocked by his mum. Oh, yes. That he was trying to, he was losing his shit about seeing some action. That, you know, that scene is so real. I know. So <laughs> wonderful. And, you know what I mean? Like, just so human. And, mm. uh, yeah, again, I feel that we will never see that scene again, you know, like, like, and it's so real. Yeah. Uh, you just go, wow, yes, exactly. You know, and they filmed it correctly. Like, no, he wouldn't have seen anything. Yeah. And, um, but we get the effect, you know, and it's uh, it was just so delicious, you mm. know. Yeah. So yeah, his mum did not want him uh, looking. 
<laughs> well, back in those days, you uh, you were rabid for any any sort of flesh, yes. you know, because there's no there was virtually no way to see it, you know. Right. Yeah, but see, you could say you say that, but it hasn't changed now. I went to the beach last year, right? And um, <laughs> there were titties at the beach. Okay. And I was just as excited as Corey was. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and people go, oh, but there's porn everywhere. And I go, yeah, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Because this care. is real. It doesn't mm. matter. I don't care. I don't care. It's like how much there is out there. Those titties were real. <laughs> there will never be enough. You can't take it away from me. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so... The deaths in this movie are all had they all become gags, you know, it's all set up and payoff. Now these are real unique like gags, you know, and they really try and have a nod and a wink now. Like it's they do these setups like, hey, do you know where, where's the corkscrew? And that's the corkscrew. Mm. Like, in fact, he uses it earlier, I think, and then he asks about it and then he gets killed with it, you know. So yep. they try and you know, find these unique uh, connections or make them memorable. Like Jason stabs one of the twins in shadow, in the shadow of a, mm. uh, of lightning. You know, that's that's real craft, mm. you know. So I find that the deaths in this are really, really quite uh, memorable um, and not just arbitrary, you know. Uh, like, yeah, I wrote down, imagine running away from a killer in a towel. What a nightmare. I couldn't oh, think of anything worse. That would be... Yes. Titties would be popping out. Like yes. I'd I'd be struggling. I know. Surely you just <laughs> surely you just rip that towel off and go for it. Yeah. I don't know. You've got to be pretty <laughs> crazy. You gotta be like depends what the level of hysteria is, you know, like because I mean that's pretty mad, like running naked in the night. <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I do. I've got I've got some me too stuff, but but Ricky, did you have anything you needed to add? Oh, just on the on the Feldman issue, Ted White, the guy who played Jason, hated Feldman and called him the meanest goddamn little kid he'd ever dealt with. So I think Feldman wow. was a bit of a brat on set. But of course he was going to be a prick. They're all pricks. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, why, why would what what evidence has he got? Like, he's a star. Got everything he wants, you know what I mean? Mm. Of course he was. What, what had Corey done before this? Had he had he already established himself? Oh shit! I thought I think this was his his intro. I think was it near enough? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, it's the, probably the youngest I've seen him. So. Yeah, because he looks a lot younger than he does yeah, in just, the Goonies. Yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah. All right. So we begin uh, with a reference. Uh, Ted references uh, a woman called BJ Betty. <laughs> Now, if you've got the name BJ Betty, um, it's fairly obvious what your skills your skill set is, you know. Uh, so that's what Ted thinks of women, BJ Betty. Skinny dipping, um, I think skinny dipping is probably banned now. Do you know what I mean? It's a sexual crime, you know. Everyone's genitals are out. And as we know, if the genitals are out, it's immediately a sexual crime. So, uh, you know, I mean... That's just that's just how it is. So unless you're a trans woman in a a female only spa, yeah. Well, that that goes without saying. And, um, so, but it's a it's a it's a sexual crime here, and especially it's a crime when the bosoms are this good. So that is it's beyond the pale. So uh, you know, my suggestion with with the body that hot, I got an idea. I've been looking around some some the way some other cultures do it. 
I suggest some kind of like loose fabric that covers the entire body, perhaps like a bl- <laughs> like a black sort of sheet. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And 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 does it have a, a sort of a something you can look out of? Yeah, yeah. Also, you can just you know for visibility, we have some some uh, some to look out of. But generally speaking, it's the only thing for it. So uh, I mean, you know, my chubby is your problem. Is is, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Okay. So anyway. Uh, yes, we've we talked about this. Want to give Teddy Bear a kiss? AJ did not. Mm. Uh, Teddy is a predator. More forced kissing. Uh, he also says, I had the girl. She was mine. She was mine. Uh, women aren't your property, Teddy. So uh, he grooms women with pornography. Um, uh, while the pornography is on, he also says, what a pig. <laughs> of the women Uh, what a pig (laughs) which is probably the most offensive line in the movie and he's mean to the hitchhiker yes the hitchhiker yes but that is a double whammy (laughs) that 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 is the hatred of bbws and the hatred of hippies (laughs) all in one like that is just like you know and she's a disgusto as well because she's eating and there's blood and banana and all mixed together <laughs> that's only, that's a reference to the disgustos in the in the previous one they've gone they go remember when we were gross and i go yes i remember so rob the hunter uh randomly kisses kisses trish like he's like saying good night to her and he just goes mwah, mwah, mwah. Mm. so she i don't know it, she does love it, but they, 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 is that the rule? If they love it, because you don't know if they love it until you do it. So is the rule, I got to do it in case you love it? I don't know what the rule is. Um, so, uh, you know, here's a message for you people out there, okay? Not all twins are up for it, okay? They're not all up for it. You know, we hope they are, but they're, but they're not up for it, okay? Is Where was that other twin going? Go home. Yeah, but where's home in the woods? Oh, just around, just around. <laughs> Another house around. Like sometimes you've got to sit there and watch Rage until 6 a.m. if your friend, your friend is, is getting railed. Yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah. your twin's getting railed. That's the way it is sometimes. <laughs> right. Actually, that's true. You can't split up. No. For various reasons, for lots of reasons. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's you're a bad friend, it's unsafe, it's a lot of shit. Yeah. Just stay there. You know, you don't have to have sex with Teddy. No, you just you got could... to cop it. Yeah. Just sit on the right. couch. That's right. That's, that's good. <laughs> so anyway, Sarah is a virgin. Now, look, another message. All right. For you pigs out there. Okay. Virginity is a tool of the patriarchy. Okay. You are not a gift for men. Start your OnlyFans account today and take the power back is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Don't hold on to that virginity. Just get just just it's on. It's on. All right. Auction it off. Auction yeah, it off on eBay. Bitter. Yeah. Make your money. Make your money is what you know. That's the thing. Don't you understand? Like men having a chubby is disgusting unless they're paying you good money for it. <laughs> and then it's then it's the best. Then then it's like who runs the world is what we play in our heads when it's the other thing. Okay. So anyway, hope we're clear on that. Uh, Jimmy brings panties down to Teddy. See, in the 80s, this is how you yeah. proved you had sex. You you did a degrading and humiliating sort of revenge porn act. You know, you, you take your panties. Like, like, what do we think? AJ, what do you think? What would you think of someone like, you know, had a night, you know, <laughs> on the tiles and, and the rest, <laughs> and then took your panties and showed their mates yeah. and said, and said, 
here's the proof that I had sexual intercourse. <laughs> I'm not really into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, na- nowadays, nowadays, you know, it would be it would be all documented on on your phone, right? Yeah, Definitely. that's true. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. But Ted, do you notice how Teddy doesn't give them back? Yeah. Well, finders keepers. <laughs> <laughs> Losers, weepers. All right. Uh, so the last thing I've got here is that there's a nice little upskirt of Trish when she falls on the ground. Um, disgusting. Okay. So I think you are forgetting something major. Axel at the start uh, was a super creep in the morgue. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I said that I liked Fackler from Police Academy. So therefore, yeah. I did what the Democratic Party did do, do, do. I forgave people I like. <laughs> you know, I said, oh, you jerked off on Zoom. Doesn't matter. You're rehired. I said, you know, you you, you felt up a chick before. You sniffed their hair. Doesn't matter. You're president. You know? <laughs> That is true. He was an epic creep. Yeah, but he he loves to nail chicks while <laughs> around, while dead people are surrounding him, and with aerobicize on. Yes. yes. Hey, hey, I found that aerobicize on YouTube. I sent it to you guys. I think I'm going to post some of it. It's too good. It's so good. It's such yeah. good quality too. It is. Yeah, and also it came from a laser disc. Oh, um, fancy. Um, <laughs> But also, doesn't he? Doesn't he do wink, wink, nod, nod to the cops who deliver the body? He makes a bit of a necrophilia gag. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> the, actually, that cop is one of the more, one of the. More, I love. You know, there are no small parts. Okay, the cop. Uh, sorry, the, the 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 Ambo who drops the guy off. Mm. Great performance. He yeah. says. He goes. Nice talk. Nice talk. Okay, like he's really in it. Like he's yeah. like, but he's being that guy. Yeah. And he's not into this this more guys disgusting necrophilia. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah. And and not all nurses are up for it either. <laughs> but what I don't get about this as well is like, you know, the nurses in real life, I, I love nurses because, you know, they 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 nurse you through terrible things. But, you know, this is terrible. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it, a lot of the nurses I've seen, you know, they're brought across the beam, you know, and so they don't look like this nurse, is what I'm saying. Like, you know, <laughs> you know this to be true. They're outside having a fag. <laughs> you know? That's a smoke, by the way, uh, for American listeners. <laughs> We're still allowed to say that. Yeah, I think. <laughs> anyway, sorry to the nurses. Uh, but hang on, hang on. What about what about Ali Ray? We, we had a, almost a whole Friday episode about her defecting from the, the uh, the nursing industry to start her own OnlyFans. Oh, yes. And totally smashing it. So what you're saying is that there are hot nurses out there. <laughs> yeah. I, well, They're all just I, leaving the profession to start OnlyFans sites. Well, I want to believe. So I, I, I'll go with you and say, yes, there are definitely hot nurses out there. But I'm just saying I think they're in the minority. I think there's a lot that that are you know, very overworked and just got a lot on and, um, you know, they're not, they're, not, uh, they're not what you want. <laughs> you want hot nurses giving you sponge baths? Yes, I do. No, hospitals are disgusting. Why? I don't know why we've got any association with hospitals being hot. Like, it's not good. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, it's not an yeah. arena. I think we can make very sexy. So anyway, that's the charges. What do we think now that we've added in Axel? 
it's probably higher than three. I'd say so. Yeah. So this maybe an eight. Mm. Yes, I think it is an eight, maybe an eight point five because it it it's it's um it's never ending. You know, uh, I mean, it's beyond the pale. All of this is beyond the pale, you know. And and as I've said before, unfortunately, I enjoyed it all the more. So that is a disappointing <laughs> state of affairs is when the charges are high, you know, so is my blood pumping, you know. I just can't <laughs> couldn't get enough of this. Well, so. well, I've, I've got a little bit of a theory here to uh, explain the reasons why these films are really appealing. Um, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, you know, films that get you laughing but the chubby, films mm. like uh, Revenge of the Nerds and Porkies. Definitely. Well, I, I think these slasher films and Friday the 13th in particular, they give you an adrenaline fueled chubby. Yes. So <laughs> there's a concept, and I think you may have pioneered this, John, and that is the weird chubby. The weird chubby. Yeah. And the, the weird chubby comes about. Uh, by on-screen displays of flesh or sexual activity that are combined with disturbing or confusing elements. Yeah, it's like it's like when you see a, a, a there's a, a you see like um, sort of a half-naked clown chick, and you're like, ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Ah. And the the result is an experience unlike any you're likely to have in the real world. Mm. So. Um, Send us pics at, uh, at the New Flesh Podcast. <laughs> Let's get weird with it. Half-naked clown cheek. <laughs> yes. that, is, that is one for the books. Okay. That is half-naked clown cheek. Isolate the audio. <laughs> so that, that, that is the concept of the weird chubby, and I think Friday the 13th uh, might be the king of... Weird chubbies. Yes. <laughs> well, I said, anyone have any final thoughts? I think we should probably wrap up this. Well, my, my final thought is what does the date of Friday the 13th really have to do with these films? Like the first murder happens on Friday the 13th? Is that the only connection? Yes. Uh, I thought, no, no, because she says, the, the mum says it's his birthday today in the first film. So presumably they uh. sort of suggest that it might be his birthday. Okay, so he's born on Friday the 13th. Yeah, but oh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. And right. as we've established, number two is actually the probably the 14th, three is the 15th, and mm. four is the 16th. Uh, so we're, yeah. we're not even on the weekend anymore. Mm. Like it's, it's a new week, really. So I don't like it. Yeah, it's, that's not good. <laughs> that, is a, that is a disastrous oversight. But then again, the, the, these movies are so successful, so it didn't really mm. matter in the end. Um, well, that was Friday the 13th. I, look, the spectacular continues, but we're gonna, we, I think we should pivot, you know, like, you know, the, 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 too much Jason is probably not good. Like, you know, I feel like I, I, I went overboard today, you know what I mean? Like, it was too much. <laughs> so, we need to, we need to pivot. So, so we've got a couple of options. I think, um, one of our users online suggested we do some Argento, so I think we should. At some point in the next two weeks, do uh, demons, demons one and two, perhaps. Mm. Um, uh, and Ricky, I know you want to do Fright Night, which I think we should definitely do. So, what are you guys feeling? Like, you know, we're we feeling. Um, do you want to do Fright Night next week, or, or do you want to do uh, demons? Let's do Fright Night. Okay, so we'll do Fright Night, and then maybe we'll do demons one and two the week after. Excellent. Well, uh, that's it for uh, today's show. Another episode of Sideboot Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. 
Tune in on uh, Friday if uh, you want to hear uh, Ricky and I rabbit on about political matters, uh, hot topics. <laughs> Until then, uh, we said what we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good this week. Okay. <laughs> Just pecking. Four for one, you know, one for all. Remember? Yeah, yeah. All right. Until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. You sniff their hair, doesn't matter, you're president. Oh.